Good morning, goddesses and gods alike. This is Shannon, and I'm your host, and you're listening to the Goddess Morning Show podcast, where you can tune in every weekday morning for an approximately 20-minute long episode to start your day with updates on things that matter to a community of awake and conscious individuals who seek the divine feminine in all we do. We sift through all the copious amounts of information on the internet to bring you news and information on the things that matter to you. Tune in to hear about environmental news and book releases, interviews with thought leaders influencing the awakening of humanity, the moon phases, planetary positions, crystal healing, herbal and holistic health, guidance on green living, and that's just naming a few. Please remember to subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you are listening to us on right now. Be blessed. Namaste. Good morning, goddesses and gods alike. Today is February 19th, 2020, and this is my third attempt to record this episode. And I'm thinking that Mercury retrograde has some something to do with the fact that the audio keeps being um, unable to be heard. For some reason, every time I record it, there is no audio. So I'm doing this again late in the day because I just got up and realized that the audio from when I recorded the episode last night was completely unable to be heard. So I don't know what happened, but my apologies. Um, Today it is February 19th. This is the Goddess Morning Show. I'm your host, Shannon, and we're taking a look at first the moon and planetary positions. Sun is in Aquarius. Moon is waning at 11% in Capricorn. Mercury, of course, is written retrograde in Pisces. Venus is in Aries, Mars in Capricorn, Jupiter in Capricorn, Saturn in Capricorn, Uranus in Taurus, Neptune in Pisces, Pluto in Capricorn, and Chiron in Aries. In environmental news today from Politico.com, we have an article by Melanie Zanona, Anthony Adragna, and Eric Wolf that was dated February 13th of this year, and it says Kevin McCarthy faces uneasy right flank over climate push. Some Republicans are wary of the minority leader's narrow proposals. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy is eagerly pushing a new conservative effort to combat climate change, but not everyone in the GOP is racing to embrace the plan just yet, and it's already facing blowback from some groups on the right. McCarthy, a Republican from California and a cross-section of House Republicans on Wednesday, unveiled a package of narrow environmental bills, the first phase of the GOP's modest effort to combat global warming, a top priority for young voters and an opportunity for Republicans to draw a contrast with some of the proposals on the left. There's wide consensus among Republicans that they need to do something to address climate change, and McCarthy's election year push has already attracted support from a broad mix of lawmakers, from conservatives such as Representative David Schweikert of Arizona to members representing coal states like Representative David McKinley of West Virginia. 
but some GOP lawmakers aren't on board yet. In fact, several were concerned about the effort being branded as a GOP-wide initiative, with lawmakers cautioning that they hadn't read the new bills and weren't even aware that they were being released on Wednesday. There are some that want to go that route and some who don't. A number of people brought issues to me, said Republican Andy Biggs, who's also a Republican in Arizona. Chairman of the hardline House Freedom Caucus, he says people are like, is this an official rollout? It can't be official. We didn't vote on it. I think that's what people's concerns are, he added, but I don't think that was what the intention is. Further adding pressure on GOP members, a handful of outside conservative groups came out swinging against the measures, including the Club for Growth and the Competitive Enterprise Institute. The brushback underscores how there are still obstacles in selling Republicans on a solution to a problem that the party has long been resistant to acknowledge, especially among the old guard. And in an article from ConsciousLivingTV.com by Bianca Alexander, it says what to do when Mercury is in retrograde. Number one, slow down and expect delays. Mercury retrograde periods can cause our plans to go awry with delays, especially when it comes to transportation. Expect the unexpected. If you have to go somewhere, slow down to avoid unforeseen accidents and schedule extra backup time for travel including more traffic detours and possible flight cancellations. Number two, go within. With things in the cosmos slowing down, Mercury retrograde can be an excellent time to take a giant step back and turn inward. You may get done by streamlining your to-do list. Less is more. Prioritize self-care. Do what makes you happy. Make time to reconnect with people you love. Meditate practice yoga, journal, or plan a staycation at home to rest, renew, and recharge your batteries. Number three, be flexible. With challenges in communication, travel, and technology, so had trouble with technology today, Mercury retrograde can stir up tremendous confusion and uncertainty. Instead of resisting what is or holding tight to your personal agendas, go with the flow. Be flexible. Practice being more compassionate, patient, and understanding of yourself and others. Embrace the chaos. Number four, reinvent yourself. Don't play the victim for bad things that happen during Mercury retrograde. Instead, empower yourself. Use this time to take an honest inventory of your life, then take 100% responsibility for anything that's not working. Where in your life might you clean things up a bit? Where in your life could you rewrite your story? Whether it's that junk drawer in the kitchen, an incomplete work project, or a relationship that's run its course, repurpose, retool, and let go of anything that no longer serves you. Number five, avoid starting new projects. Without the help of Mercury's clear communication, plans made during retrograde are often subject to revision. Instead of having to duplicate your efforts, avoid signing contracts or beginning any new projects at this time. It's fine to review old plans, but wait until Mercury is direct again to make any drastic changes or final decisions. Number six, trust your intuition. During uncertain retrograde times, trusting in yourself may be more important than ever to stay on course. 
Intuition may be stronger than normal, and coincidences can be extraordinary. Surrender to the wisdom of your own path, even if you're the only one who understands it. Whatever you do, don't freak out during Mercury retrograde. It'll only make things worse. Consider the next three weeks a welcome time to clean up and put away unfinished projects from the past before moving on to bigger and better things. So just uh, as an aside, this article was written about a previous Mercury retrograde, so the next three weeks comment doesn't necessarily apply here. All right, moving on, we have A Beginner's Guide to Being Psychic, Being a Psychic by M. Pimentel. It says, finding a sense of spirituality or connection to something deeper than your own understanding can be hard. It can also be hard to find something or fulfilling for your own personal growth or helping others as well. That is why learning to become a psychic can be a rewarding path in life. Reaching a middle ground that allows you to help others with life's deeper questions and find a sense of peace or balance through spiritual learning is easier than you might think. Sometimes people are born naturals when it comes to the world of the other side, but for many it just took some pointers to help them, help push them in the right direction. If this sounds like you and you're looking for where to start, then consider what it takes to be a psychic with this little beginner's guide. What focus are you interested in? Understanding what kind of focus you want for your psychic medium journey is part of that quest. While the general idea is that psychic mediums communicate with spirits, there are many abilities that are great psychics also choose to specialize in to provide people a much better experience. These skills can include tarot, crystal balls, spirit channeling, and palm readings. Having a strong grasp on multiple areas of spiritual knowledge will help you grow as a psychic and help you provide needs for those who want to get to learn more or experience more. If you choose to do this as a hobby and provide your services to friends, you can open up to them to more knowledge on mediums and help them understand your passion. Or if you choose to, your, to use your psychic abilities to turn them into a business, you can profit from the help you provide for a wide range of people. First of all, you should know your level of psychic abilities. Even if this is your first foray into the world of psychics, you may possess more abilities than you know. There are varying levels of psychic strength and they are determined by different psychic perceptions, such as clairvoyance, clairaudience, and clairsentience. The perceptions of sight, sound, and feeling in that respective order. And I just want to add an aside that there are more. It's the Claire for smell and taste and also for knowing. So those weren't included in this article, but they are out there. Each of these perceptions may be present in you without knowing. It may be useful for you to practice these abilities to understand what your level of perception may be. You may be more naturally adept at one of these skills than the other, or you may find out that you have been a psychic in disguise all along. You never know until you test yourself. Even the best or naturals at any skilled activity start out somewhere, so don't be discouraged if it takes you a while. Psychic abilities are like any other activity or ability 
they only get better with practice, and practice starts with your own personal assessment. Number two, study and learn from psychics. Even if you find yourself in a position where you possess strong medium abilities, it is a valuable lesson to learn from experienced psychics. Uh, seeking out advice from lifelong psychics and learning what resources are available online to use as guides are formative for your journey towards spiritual awareness. While you may feel confident with your abilities, or you may be just starting out, getting feedback on experiences and, and stories can help you grow. In-person events like conventions or one-on-ones can pay off greatly. You may discover more paths in spiritual careers or goals that you had not considered yet. The more information from as many sources as you can find will only be of use to you. You would not base your world knowledge on one history book, and the same applies to spiritual knowledge. The amount of work available is astounding and only growing as more and more people understand the importance of connecting with the world of entities. You also have the option to become an apprentice and have a mentor show you the ropes for a more hands-on method. This is a good way to get valuable experience and really test your skills with other people. Becoming a psychic is not a journey that takes years and years to get into. While it may take a while to become proficient, depending on your existing psychic abilities, anyone who values knowledge of their craft knows that hard work and patience are not only a virtue, but a gift. Learning the inner workings of a psychic medium Work can start right here, listening to these beginner tips and grow your spiritually for yourself and for the benefit of others. All right, according to my lunar almanac, which is by Edith Stadig called Nature's Almanac 2020, Nature's Daily Guide to Success, it says today are good days, is a good day to detox, remove, be active, the element is earth, the color is yellow, sensitive body parts are knees, bones, joints, and skin. And if you are somewhere in the world where it's time to garden, because here where we are, it's not, it's cold. Um, today is a harvest time and the plant part is root. The food quality to pay attention to is salt. Okay, today your positive affirmation for this lunar cycle is, I remain calm and relaxed. Our herb for today is mugwort, and it comes to us from webmd.com. Mugwort is a plant that grows in Asia, North America, and Northern Europe. The plant parts that grow above the ground and root are used to make medicine. People take mugwort root as a tonic and to boost energy. They also use it, the rest of the plant, for stomach and intestinal conditions, including colic, diarrhea, constipation, cramps, weak digestion, worm infestations, and persistent vomiting. Mugwort is also used to stimulate gastric juice and bile secretion. It is also used as a liver tonic to promote circulation and as a sedative. Other uses include treatment of hysteria, and epilepsy and convulsions in children in historical context. Women take mugwort for irregular periods and other menstrual problems. In combination with other ingredients, mugwort root is used for mental problems, such as ongoing fatigue and depression, 
neurasthenia, depression, preoccupation with illness, such as hypochondria, general irritability, restlessness, trouble sleeping, and anxiety. Some people apply mugwort lotion directly to the skin to relieve itchiness caused by burns or scars. And I just want to note that there is, on WebMD, these are all historical uses for mugwort. There is no evidence for any current uses, but this is what has been, it has been used traditionally in history for. All right. Our goddess of the day comes to us from goddessguide.com, and the goddess is Caridwen. Her areas of influence are the, her name means cauldron, and like the goddess herself, the cauldron symbolizes the transformative power of magic, wisdom, rebirth, and creative inspiration. For these reasons, she is seen as a patron goddess of witches and wizards. She is also associated with the moon, fertility, science, prophecy, and poetry. The, she is married to Tagid Voland and was mother to three children, Kriri, Morphon, and Talizan. There is no mention of her origins in the surviving myths. Her strengths were that she was wise, powerful, and resourceful, and her weaknesses were that she tries to interfere in her children's lives. Her symbolism is the cauldron and the dark moon, and her sacred animals are that she would transform into a white sow to address her people. She is also associated and shape-shifted into a greyhound and an otter, and her sacred birds are the hawks and hens, and her sacred plant is corn. The myth of her origin says the goddess uses her knowledge of magic and herbs to create a potion to transform her ugly son Morphon into a wise boy. The potion needs to be boiled in her cauldron for a year and a day. She leaves her servant Gwyn in charge of the mixture until one day when he accidentally spilled three drops on his hand and licked it off, empowering him with the bruise knowledge and power. Frightened of the goddess's reaction, he turned himself into a rabbit. Caridwen gave chase in the form of a greyhound. He then becomes a fish and jumped into a river, and she becomes an otter. He turned into a bird, and she followed as a hawk. Eventually, Gwyn transformed into a grain of corn and is eaten by the goddess, who had then become a hen. The grain took seed in her womb, and nine months later, she gave birth to Taliesin. She is unable to kill the child. Instead, she wraps him up in a leather bag and sets him out to sea. He survives and becomes the famous Welsh poet Taliesin. All right. And from energymuse.com, we have our crystal for the day, and that's smoky quartz. It is linked with the healing vibrations of the earth that occurred over millions of years a life-giving cycle that gives and gives, but also takes away. In the case of Smoky Quartz, it was the tough love of Mother Nature that gave it its distinct strength in the gemstone world. Its exposure to radiation makes it one of the most powerful stones for clearing and purifying the environment from electromagnetic stress, a common problem in our modern world of today, and electronics. Uh... 
sorry, I got distracted because my tech, my I'm having technical technical difficulties again. All right, it says, uh, <laughs> I just can't get through this. Um, because of the ancient blueprint for environmental protection, the smoky quartz crystal stone is able to recognize electromagnetic and geopathic stress, neutralizing it and returning it to the earth. A powerful cleanser and detoxifier, smoky quartz is a must-have for combining with feng shui, the ancient Chinese philosophy of creating harmony and balance in the home. Place pieces of smoky quartz in areas with electronics such as the entire entertainment room or workspace. In transmuting electromagnetic radiation, it's trademarked healing benefit. All right, so that is our episode today. I finally made it through it, and I'm pretty sure there's actually sound this time. I apologize to everyone that listened to the episode that I posted previously because there was no sound, and I apologize for that, but Mercury Retrograde was in effect and killing me. So everyone be safe out there, be careful, have a wonderful blessed day, and namaste. This episode of the Goddess Morning Show is brought to you by From Ashes We Rise To.com, where you can get wellness coaching using holistic methods of healing, purchase our handcrafted, custom blended, organic, non GMO herbal teas that are crafted with love, and also order hand poured soy candles infused with love and pure essential oils and herbs to heal using aromatherapy. Visit our website at fromasheswerise2.com. That's fromasheswerise with the number 2.com to read more about these products and services. Have a blessed day.